What's going on and welcome into Pels and Whistles presented by Bet Online right here on the Believe Network. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Rel Myers. And if you're listening to this show, that means you survived what happened last night inside the Smoothie King Center. My goodness, after a tough loss to the Sacramento Kings, didn't look good against the Memphis Grizzlies for most of the game, down 19 at one point, and then up six with about five seconds to go, 11 seconds to go. Either way, Pelicans blow that, head to overtime, and then steamroll the Grizzlies in the final five minutes to win that ball game, clinch a play-in spot, but still plenty to play for in the final two games. Rel, I feel like the Pelicans should have given away uh, for the first 5,000 fans in attendance, a cardiologist um, <laughs> just to have by your side uh, to help you through that. I texted you um, as soon as that overtime or that lead was blown yeah. in overtime, and I can't really say what your response was back. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but, man, oh, man, what the heck happened? What did you witness last night there? I was so stressed. I even tweeted some things that I can't repeat on here. I mean, I'm sure I could, but I just don't want to. And people, you know, people point these things out when I when I start dropping words that are short, that are ex- expletive. But um, I'm human and humans get stressed sometimes. And that was that was a stupid game. Like, there was no reason that we ever should have gone into overtime to begin with. But, I mean, this is what happens when you're dealing with a team that likes to, you know, get down by 20-some-odd points, and then all of a sudden they come back and they give you that hope. But, I mean, it was it was fun in the end. But, man, I don't think I've ever seen a finish that crazy. We were up by six with, like, 10 seconds left, I think. And Herb falling on that three, which I thought was kind of bogus anyway, I thought that Dylan – Brooks kicked out or, or, you know, put his arm out. So he yeah. made sure that Herb caught him. But, you know, Scott Foster and company fell for it. But, uh, whew, man. You don't need to I, close him out, though, that hard in that situation. Just no, let him go. Let him shoot no. the three. And I told Sean that because Sean was with me at the game last night. I said, just let him go. Don't do anything stupid. Just let him go. And you're, like, crashing into this guy up by six. <laughs> you yeah. give him a four point play. So, um, yeah, there was some really boneheaded stuff going on, but I mean, they made a lot of right plays too to get themselves in that position to even be up by six with 10 seconds left. So yeah, they, they owe us a cardiologist. They probably owe us a couple of beers. Um, they probably owe me a couple more hours of sleep. You know, had we lost, I would have been straight to bed. I yeah. stayed up till two also celebrating the Lakers loss, even though technically if they won, it would have helped us out. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, LeBron blaming the back-to-back, which woe is me. I forgot that their team was the only one that played a back-to-back, but we can Ever. get to that later on in the, in the show. But uh, some history that the Pelicans avoided, thanks to Andrew Lopez and ESPN Stats and Info. Entering last night's game, teams were 0 and 17,930 when trailing by six or more inside the final five seconds of a game in the fourth quarter and overtime over the last 20 seasons. Memphis nearly became the first. And another thing that about that last 10 seconds, so Dylan Brooks intentionally missing the free throw, which at the time yeah. I didn't think he needed to. I didn't because think so. if he made that shot and they end up getting the ball back, they only needed a two instead yeah. of a three. And, and then, I mean, they ended up getting enforcing overtime anyways. But I yeah. mean, between the offensive foul from Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance fouling Jaron Jackson Jr., 
Uh, I mean, the Pelicans did every single thing they could to give that one away. And you mentioned the lead up before that. And we have to give credit for the Pelicans for how they came back. I give credit to two people. Well, lots of people. Herb Jones, of course, had a fantastic night, um, Mm -hmm. especially from beyond the arc. But Brandon Ingram and his 13 assists. I mean, that was some of the best passing we've seen from B.I. in his career. Yeah. And then Trey Murphy with the timely threes, what he was able to do um, to get this team back into it. Um, those three guys, I mean, there's a lot of guys that contributed, but those three, mm-hmm. um, were huge, uh, in the win. And I think there was another history that was made as the Pelicans became just the second team in NBA history to have three players with 30 or more points and connect on five or more threes. The mm-hmm. first team actually did it on the same night. It was the Knicks did it a couple <laughs> hours before or finished the game an hour earlier. They had three guys with 30 more points and five or more threes that never happened in NBA history. And two oh happened gosh. on the same night. Did bet online know this teams. was going to happen? Like did bet online? know? was there, was there an option? <laughs> Do you know how much money you could have made on bet online? If that was the case, as they remain your number one source for all sports, including the NBA bet online is your NBA headquarters. Head to the website, use the mobile device to sign up or receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code believe B L E A V to receive your bonus BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hope you can transition now from college basketball, which they were your college basketball headquarters. Now transitioning to the NBA rail. How'd you do? I mean, I had the Pelicans in a three team parlay and I was mm-hmm. like, oh boy, I'm about to lose this thing based on the Pelicans. And then <laughs> down the stretch, I was like, whew, able to pull it off. But I was uh, able to successfully win that one. I'd say I did great. I lost $5.40 and it was a win for me. And you know, usually you as well as everyone else who listens, they know it's usually a dollar for me. But I wanted that game real bad. And also if the Grizzlies had won, I just would have won like $15 back or something like that. But um. Yeah, I, I bet the Grizzlies money line when I want to say the line was like four and a half or something like that. Um, or the spread was four and a half. So I said, yeah, do it. Do it here. Take the five dollars. Five dollars and 40 cents. Take it. I don't need it. I just need a win. So, um, yeah. I, and I also bet a dollar on the Lakers to win and they did not. So um, I think my trick worked this time. <laughs> yeah, I think for the tiebreaker purposes, though, like you mentioned, I think the Pelicans needed the Lakers to actually Mm -hmm. win because you do hold the tiebreaker over the Clippers and not the Lakers. Yeah. And so, um, but you also need a three team tie because again, Mm -hmm. according to Jim Eichenhofer, and again, I get so confused now, (laughs) if those three teams end up in a three way tie, the Pelicans do earn the tiebreaker over those two. So where the Pelicans sit right now is actually, I got to refresh here because my standings did not update. So let's do that Uh real quick. Here we go. Ready to roll. So, in fifth are the Los Angeles Clippers after their big win, 42-38. and 38. Same goes for the Golden State Warriors. They're in sixth with the same record. Mm-hmm. In seventh are those Los Angeles Lakers at 41-39, and 39, the same record as the Pelicans. In eighth, Minnesota one game back of New Orleans. In ninth, remember these two teams will play in Minnesota in the final game of the regular season. But mm-hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves are on a second night of a back-to-back. They play mm-hmm. in San Antonio the night before, which is a horrible back-to-back or Minnesota to fly all the way down to Texas and come all the way back. But sorry, I'm not sorry because that's yeah. how it works sometimes, especially with the they Pelicans. Have... It's so hard for them in the back-to-backs. They have some of the worst back-to-backs too, just because of they where do. they are located. The Thunder mm-hmm. in 10th right now over their tiebreaker over Dallas. Dallas gets a big win over Sacramento. They're all 38 and 42. So the good news is 
I believe the Pelicans can't. Yes, Pelicans can't go as they can't drop to ten. They will be nine correct or better because Oklahoma City has forty-two losses. But now the key is, I mean, you're still one game away from being fifth. That's the crazy <laughs> thing with two games to go, and you welcome in the New York Knicks on Friday, and then again Minnesota mm-hmm. on Sunday. So that's what's crazy is, yeah, you wanted that Sacramento game, which. Overall, one, you ran into a really good Sacramento team that was trying to clinch the division for the first time mm-hmm. in 85 years, it seemed like. Um, and then, yeah, the Grizzlies, you were hoping you could take care of business because they did not have John Morant. They did not have Luke Kennard, um, Xavier Tillman, which is not really a big factor, but still someone yeah. that is a contributor. And it looked like for three quarters, it was not going to be the case. But to claw your way back and get yourself that win and split that back-to-back, that's a tough back-to-back. You're facing the two-seed and the three-seed yeah. on back-to-back nights. I know it's at home. That's no joke. And the props for the Pelicans to get back in there and get that win last night. It was less than ideal. And I was telling that to Sean, too. It's like we got the third seed and then we got the second seed. Like, what are the odds of that being who we're playing? Because at the beginning of the season, you know, we didn't know that Sacramento was going to be where they were. But what are the odds of that being who we're playing at the end of the season? And we're, you know, tied in the standings with the Lakers at, at the end of the night. And, you know, we're a game out of fifth. And uh, especially just, um, I don't know, this season has just been so weird when you consider the fact that we were in first in December and then we dropped all the way to like 12th at some point. Um, and now we're sitting at eighth and could be at fifth and there's still no telling what's going to happen in these last couple of days. But, um, I am, uh, I feel like I'm not going to sleep until we clinch something, you know, <laughs> like right. I'm going to be up, I'm going to be watching these, these late West coast games. Um, cause I need to see what happens. I don't want to go to sleep and wake up and find out the news. Like I'd rather just see these games finish, see where the Pelicans are at when the, when the standings refresh. And then, you know, that'll determine how much sleep I get. But it's going to be a a photo finish. Yeah, let's look at the schedule for the teams that the Pelicans are chasing because there are some different things um, to keep an eye on. And unfortunately, for some of these schedules, it's pretty easy for some of these teams that are ahead. As far as the Clippers are concerned, of course, they get the Portland Trailblazers on Saturday. So you can probably count that as a win. Then they face the Suns on Sunday. So they have a back-to-back to end. You don't really know what the Suns are going to do, but they pretty much they can't get to third and they are. Well, they can't get the they can't drop to five because they mm-hmm. have. Well, I don't know the tiebreaker between Phoenix and L.A., but they technically, I guess, if they lost all three of their last three games. They maybe could. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that time, they could have clinched. So the Clippers might be in good shape where they have they keep their 44 and 38 record. Mm-hmm. Golden State's last two games. They have the Kings. Kings have pretty much locked up three. And then they have Portland. So that's a tough thing about the end of the season with these last two games for some of these teams is you just don't know which teams are going to play and which ones are not. Because I think some teams, even if they already have their seating locked up, I think Sunday is really important to keep your guys fresh and Mm -hmm. playing at least a little bit. That way there's no rust, especially if they have locked up seating. You don't want to sit out a whole week with not playing any games. Um, Mm -hmm. So... That's what's going to be telling the Lakers and with the Suns. Again, I think the Suns will still need that one at the moment. And then they host the Jazz, which will they will not need that one. So unfortunately, I think for the Pelicans, it seems like one, if they want to stay in eight, need to win, obviously, both those two games. But it's going to be mm-hmm. tough for them to move up, I think, to either seven, six or five, unless one team decides to either not play their players or just have a really bad night. Cause it seems like five, yeah. six and seven Clippers 
Warriors and Lakers just seemed like with their schedule could easily win their last two games. Yeah, I thought that it was kind of bogus that the Lakers' last three games end up being at home because, I mean, they played the Clippers last night, but they share an arena. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, how, how convenient is that? Especially, um, you know, just considering the way that their season's turned around and ever since the Sleepless Nights debacle, it's like, last place I want to be in a in an elimination game is in, in Crypto Arena um, where the Lakers have this insane free throw uh, differential. So... Um, the, the, the silver lining there though, is if they're in seventh and we're in eighth and we have to play them in the play in, at least we have one more chance to be, yeah. the, to beat someone else, uh, after the referees beat us over the head with Laker free throws. So. Right. And that would be most likely hosting Minnesota or Oklahoma city if they are unable mm-hmm. to pull off a win against LA. Um, but that also depends on whether number one will be in uniform for your New Orleans yeah. Pelicans, which we are recording this before the news is coming out today, which there is mm-hmm. expected to be some news regarding Zion later on this afternoon. Again, whenever you're taking this in, the news could already be shared. So obviously mm-hmm. we cannot comment on what it is. I have a prediction. Do you have a prediction? <laughs> yeah, I have. My prediction is, it's not what you think. The prediction is the news is going to break between specifically 1230 and 430. Because I have somewhere to be in that specific time. And that's when the news is going to break. There's a company, Crawfish Bowl slash um, Cabbage Ball game. And I'm going to be doing that. And then all of a sudden, Cabbage Ball is going to knock me over the head because I'm going to be in the outfield checking Woj bombs and stuff. (laughs) That's when it's going to drop because that's just how these things work. (laughs) Now, what is it going to say? That's I thought you were going to have an idea of what it was going (laughs) to say. I thought I I was like, all right, what's Rel's theory here? (laughs) I saw something earlier um, that just seemed really plausible. They were going to say, oh, we'll reevaluate him in a week. Instead of two weeks, they said one week. And I was like, I could actually see that happening. Um, and then, you know, we could also see them say he's immediately available. Someone brought up a good point that Willie said a few weeks ago that it's not completely unlikely that he could be readily available and, and not have to practice, which I just... I, I can't see that happening. You know, we always want a guy to get out there and get some practice before they get back out there. Um, rumors are swirling about him maybe playing tomorrow, which I originally thought that he might be able to play um, on Friday. But what I also thought that we would get the news yesterday <laughs> and yeah. not be waiting for it today. So I don't really know what to expect. There's just so much speculation uh, involving, you know, him not being at the game on Tuesday and him, um, well, he was there last night. Yeah, he wasn't there Tuesday, but he was there on Wednesday. Um, they're talking about his body language, and some people are saying, oh, you know, he looks like he got a warm welcome when he came out. He looks like he's going to get good news. And then other people are like, oh, he looks sad and frustrated. It's going to be bad news, and that's why they're delaying it. And it's just like, I don't know what to believe. I know what to hope for, but <laughs> what, what do I believe? Was he actually not in the arena Tuesday or just not on the bench? Like, he could have been receiving uh, treatment during the game. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't on the bench Tuesday. Um, and so, of course, that raised some eyebrows because people yeah. are always looking for him to to be over there, um, especially on the night where if we had won, we could have clinched, you know, playing or better for sure. So you really want to see him in the building uh, supporting the guys. But I definitely don't think it's a situation like last season where it's this over speculation about how he's he's not around and he's in Portland and he's detached and all of this stuff. I don't think we're going to be dealing with a situation like that. So that's good. But um, yeah, I don't know what to expect. 
I just think none of us have a clue and everyone's mm -hmm. trying to figure it act like they do have a clue. And so mm -hmm. everyone's going to give their theories on what they think. And that's not calling you out. It's more of just everyone mm -hmm. saying, Oh, well, it could be a week or it could be this. He could be playing yeah. tomorrow. It could be anything. all that's on the table. That's definitely yep. for sure. But the key is if they do want him to practice a little more, they only have one more practice left of the regular season. That is Saturday. Right. They're not practicing today because of the back-to-back. They mm -hmm. will have a shoot around tomorrow, but that's not really a practice for Zion. Mm -hmm. They don't go hard. It's more of shooting and going over game plan. They will this practice Saturday in Minnesota, or they'll practice and fly to Minnesota. And then Sunday is a day game, so there would not even be a shoot around for him yeah. before that game. So there are a lot of factors mm -hmm. to play in, but when we stopped recording on Monday, we heard that he played. He did three-on-three three was the most he's done at yeah. practice, correct? Mm -hmm. So obviously he's still missing some steps as far as getting the five on five. But like you mentioned, if they think he's ready to go, it doesn't need the five on five then go ahead and maybe he's ready to go. But I just find it hard with how cautious they've been mm -hmm. to think that they would skip steps and yeah. say, we need him. Oh, we can just throw him in there. Um, especially if they've clinched a play in. Mm -hmm. I just think they'll, my prediction Again, no knowledge whatsoever that they'll have him ready for the play. -in. I think it'll be, we'll give it till, because if they play seven or eight, the seven, eight game, that's on Tuesday. Yeah. So okay. you give them a chance to practice on Monday as well, Saturday and Monday, since you've already at least clinched nine. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, you've, yeah, you've at least clinched nine. You're in eighth yeah. right now. You get him ready. Because then think about it, if you, if you get in as the eighth seed and you have a healthy Zion against Denver, I, no one's afraid to play Denver right now. You'll mm -hmm. ask anyone around that Nobody. is a, a one seed right now that is not really looking like a one seed. And everyone's like, all right, we'll take on Denver. I'm not saying that the Pelicans <laughs> are going to go in there and sweep the Denver Nuggets in a one, a matchup, but mm -hmm. it could be the same as last year for the Pelicans take them to six, or it could be a really interesting series between the two. So, my guess is because he has not done a full five-on-five five practice, you let him continue to sit these last two games. No need to risk it. I did want him, you know, originally we talked about, and I still agree with this premise that I mm -hmm. would have liked him to play in the last two games, at least a little bit sure. to get his feet yeah. wet. But I also Absolutely. don't know the circumstances of how he actually is right now, obviously. So mm -hmm. I don't want to sit here and pretend like I know everything. <laughs> and he's not ready to go. And then he gets thrown out there and re-injures himself. And then you don't have him at all for the yeah. rest of this season. So um, by just knowing how they have been, not only with Zion, but with B.I. And letting him be as cautious as he was with his turf toe and his other injuries. I just think if you're in this situation for the Pelicans, knowing that you do still have stuff to play for, um, knowing that you're capable, I think, of beating the Knicks, obviously, without Zion. They don't have Julius Randle. Very winnable right. game. I think the Knicks have locked up that four, that five seed and will yep. face the Cavaliers in the four or five. And then on Sunday, you face Minnesota, which again will be a big game. Um, they either maybe play him on Sunday if they really, really, really need him to. But I just think, I think you wait, give him another practice on Monday mm -hmm. and then let him play the Lakers on Tuesday if it gets to the point where you are in that seven, eight and heading to crypto.com arena. That's just my <laughs> theory, guess whatever you want to call it. I really like to see Zion play against Rudy Gobert. I, I would love for him to be able to play in that game and uh, make Rudy look 
like a terrible defensive player. I never believed he was a defensive player of the year caliber guy. And he's won it like twice, right? I, I, I've never saw the hype. And like Aunt Edwards said, he doesn't put any fear in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quote that every single day of life because it's just, it's true. He's just not intimidating. Yeah, he's he's got like a presence um, due to his size, but yeah, just not afraid of that guy. So yeah, I, I would love for him to be able to play that game, but I, I would understand given, um, you know, his injury history and, and their history of dealing with his injuries. I completely understand um, their logic on just uh, just skipping all that and letting him wait until the play in since we've clinched something. But um, it's also risky if you get in that nine, 10 spot, because if you lose uh, well, not 10, but if we end up in nine and we lose that game, then you're just out. So I think, um, yeah, I get it. I, I can see both sides of it. From a fan perspective, we're like, no, just let him play. And if he dies, he dies. <laughs> it's like if he get hurt, it, he, he's got the whole offseason to, to get better, you know. But at the same time, you know, these guys aren't machines. They're humans. And hamstring injuries really suck. <laughs> yeah. And again, we don't know. All we've heard is he's progressed. He's done three on three. Like, you really don't know how comfortable yeah. he is, how comfortable they feel with him, what his conditioning is like. There's so many factors that obviously we don't get the information for so it's hard for us to even go well he should be doing this or mm. you know they better be doing this like leave it to the professionals that do this every day and all we can do is sit and wait but it seems like there will be an update today from what we've gathered between everyone reporting on it so be on the lookout for that um, again there's no media availability today because there's no practice so i'm guessing it's just going to be a news release at some point uh, on pelicans.com or on Twitter at Pelicans NBA. And again, it'll probably be when Rel's in the outfield of her cabbage ball <laughs> tournament, stuffing her face with some crawfish. And she's going to go holy and figure yeah. out what just happened. And we'll see where it goes. But I should, um, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be mic'd up doing this cabbage ball game. So maybe we'll get a live reaction. <laughs> Dude, it's I like just want to be mic'd up at all times for everything. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's like ESPN's doing a baseball. They're having a mic'd up player and they're doing conversation <laughs> with them during the game, which is pretty cool. So we yeah. need Rel mic'd up uh, for Cabbage Ball just in time for the news release, just so we can get our instant reaction. I think you, you should do that. I, I think I will. I'll be out there and I'll get the update on my on my watch and I'll let the people know it's going down. Maybe play Yelling Who's That Bird with, with someone in the outfield. <laughs> Test them, man. Uh, someone asked me about who's that bird last night, and uh, you know, I got a new phone recently, and I was like, oh, I don't actually have any Pelicans players' pictures on this phone. And my wife's like, I think as your free creative director, you need to get on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, my bad, my bad. It's just you know, people people got nervous about it, and so that's when I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm gonna branch out. I've been catching a little bit of heat from the Kings. Kings fans for my my latest video, which has been making the rounds. Um, a lot of people thought it was fun, but then some people were starting to say, "Oh, this this is so fake. These videos are so fake." And I was like, "Look, man, it's not my fault that a lot of fans are casuals. I'm just exposing yeah. them as casuals, you know." And like the guys, the guy I showed him a picture of of Garrett Temple, and he says it's Kevin Herter. Like obviously he knows it's not Kevin Herter. He's just saying yeah. stuff just to to get a laugh. So I I, I can't control that, and I can't right. control it because. It's 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 real. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, listen, man, as an artist, I am offended that you would say that my work is not real. So, yeah, that, that's what I spent the time doing last night at 1 a.m. Defending my my uh, TikTok videos. You know, what's easy is probably with how many teams Garrett Temple has played. You can play it against any team 
inside the yes. Smoothie Kings. And whenever any team comes in, I'm like, I'll just put Garrett Temple yes. in there because He's he has played, played for on. 11 teams, man. And he played for Memphis once upon a time. But for the Memphis folks last night, I left him out of there. I was like, you know what? We're going to give this a rest. Because somebody actually named him recently. And I think that was maybe the second time anyone's Do ever you include, named. Did you include Vancouver Grizzlies in that? Mm-mm, no, I don't go that far back anymore because there's a lot of people I run into. They're just, you know, you can't really count on people to be fans of a team for 20 years anymore, you know. So I go back maybe 2016, 2017 or so. Um, and maybe Mike Miller is like, yeah, I didn't have any Mike Miller in there. Um, and who else? I want to say. I know if you oh, have like Brian, Brian, Big Country Reeves or you're going to have. <laughs> Uh, Sharif Abdurrahim or you know too far back and most of the Memphis fans dude they're like 12 it was nuts it was just kids like droves and droves of children yes they're gritty and all over the place you get out of my blender with this nonsense (laughs) so I can't put these can't put these adolescents on my TikTok channel I I can't do this I need to find an adult so yeah I'm sure there are rules against that anyways. That you <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> I saw a dude in a Zach Randolph jersey. He looked to be mm, late 30s, early 40s, something like that. I said, okay, I'm going to go talk to this guy. But he didn't want to film. And I was like, all right, do you want me to show you who I got? Just so, you know, just so you can see for fun. Yeah. Just, he got them all wrong. He didn't know anybody. And I'm like, so you have a Zach Randolph jersey and you don't know anyone who's played, you know, since he retired? Did he at least know who Zach Randolph was? Like, if you show him a picture of Zach Randolph, was he like, hey, it's Zach Randolph? (laughs) I didn't give him a Zach Randolph picture. But, um, I mean, I had guys like um, Utah Watanabe, which I had no idea he ever played for the Grizzlies, um, but had Chandler Parsons. If you are wearing a Grizzlies jersey and you don't know who Chandler Parsons is, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. So, um, he didn't know Solomon Hill. And I know Solomon wasn't there for like four years, but... I just feel like you should know Solomon Hill just based on pure frustration of his play. But what do I know? <laughs> I'll be curious to see what happens with a Knicks fan and who yeah. you put in there. I feel like they're more they're more likely to be longstanding fans, yeah. you know. So we'll we'll see. Make it I'll hard for a... them. No Patrick Ewing and John Starks or anything nope, like that's, that. Oh, way too way too far back. Way too far back. I'm gonna go 2016 or newer. 2016 so we'll or newer. Yeah, so it's, there's it's always who's among Knicks players from that. I mean, yeah. they've not been very good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely try to sneak in in between six years ago and maybe like three years ago. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I'll either download some picks today or tomorrow, but I'll have it ready and hopefully I get get some uh, some good stuff out of those fans. All right, we'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, be on the lookout for Rel tomorrow. Pelicans and Knicks, final home game of the regular season. Then they bounce on the road for one more against Minnesota. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the scoreboard watching, as Rel mm-hmm. and I will certainly be doing. And by the time we get to you on Monday, we will know where the Pelicans team will be heading, whether it's on the road, whether it's hosting, whether it's they're not playing at all on Tuesday because they made it as a five <laughs> or six seed and they have a nice week off. But nonetheless, we'll be here on Monday to preview the playoffs, preview the play in and get you ready for what should be a nerve wracking, exciting, fun, stressful month of basketball. <laughs> Hopefully it's a month of basketball for your New Orleans Pelicans. Again, be on the lookout. 
for pelicans.com at pelicans nba for a zion williamson update again if you're listening to this after the update then obviously you've already been on the lookout and yes. we'll react to the news of course on monday be a little late for that but again you can always find us on spotify apple podcast wherever you get your podcast rate subscribe tell our bosses how much you love us and maybe they'll give us a raise Hope everyone has a great Easter weekend. Be safe. Enjoy the basketball. And until Monday for Rel Myers, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to Pels and Whistles presented by Bet Online right here on the Believe Network.